This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join your favorite host to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. We had three games in the playoffs last night. We're going to recap them all for you. The Lakers beating the Suns, the Mavericks beating the Clippers, and the Brooklyn Nets beating your Boston Celtics. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that one. (laughs) Kind of the best and worst of the NBA, right? And a little bit of hilarity thrown in there, too. So this was like a good broad spectrum night here, I think. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of laughing at teams. um, And, you know, hand up. One of those teams is going to be the one that I cover. So, but yeah, this is, this was a fun night. Like, yeah, overall too much fun. Can we just start please with this conversation? Why were these two LA games on opposite one another? Can we just start with that? Is that not the biggest story here? Why were we forced to choose between Clippers, Mavs and Lakers Suns? That that's just the ultimate botch job by the NBA with two awesome games here and people didn't get to see both of them. No, look, and they split the LA market. Well, not in two. Let's not go that far here. But, you know, it's it was weird. It was weird scheduling. You had the two LA teams playing unbelievably late, which is going to hurt the ratings on this. And the NBA needs to look at this night and just be like, yeah, we, we kind of did that one wrong. But certainly, I think you could say the game of the night was the Los Angeles Lakers beating the Phoenix Suns yeah. 109-102, a game that L.A., came out ready to play and really countered and adjusted from game one, but it ended up being close just due to the like competitive nature of the Suns and everything that they do until LeBron hit a dagger when the score was 194 with 45 seconds left. It gave them a lead of nine points, 103, 94, and was basically at that point over. But overall, this this was a fun game and a game that the Lakers 100% needed to get. They did a really good, Good job, I thought, John, containing Devin Booker and coming in with a different defensive game plan against him. He had 31 in this one, but shot 7 of 17 from the field. And they did a great job of when he came off screens, just meeting him right there and not letting him get a full head of steam and getting downhill and getting to the rim. And it, to to a degree, among other things, kind of changed the complexity of this series from game one to game two, I thought. I think when you have Chris Paul and you know that Chris Paul is going to be limited, you can sell out on a, on a guy yeah. like Booker who killed you. So like th- this is part of the, the um, you know, you know what you have going in. And I think this is why some teams like kind of downplay the injuries as much as they can, but you knew coming in that Chris Paul was going to be limited. So, and you knew in game one, Devin Booker was just so huge and he killed you. So sell out on book, have him give up the ball. And as, as much as they can. And look, he, he still got to the line 17 times and was perfect from the line, but he was also a minus 16 and, and without, not only without Chris Paul, but with 
Jay Crowder limited early with foul trouble. Like that really hurt them as well. And having an off shooting night too for like three quarters of this game. Yeah. And like, I just, he never could get into rhythm. And I think Jay Crowder is, is one of those like really important, but under discussed type of role players, like the Miami heat really miss Jay Crowder. Um, Every team that Jay Crowder has been on has overachieved to some degree uh, minus like the trade to Cleveland, like, but Boston did every, everybody that he's been on uh, Memphis did Miami did. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously very high on Jay Crowder and like losing him early and him never getting into any rhythm is just one more thing that really hurt the Phoenix Suns. But, but defensively, when you can sell out on Booker, you know that you can sell out on Booker and it's not going to really hurt you. That's a huge plus for the for the Lakers defense. Look, you're right. And, and Chris Paul only played 23 minutes in this one for six total points. And you didn't see him in crunch time in this game in the fourth quarter, which just robs us of what could be almost like an all-time series, it feels like, with the way these first two games have gone. But just injury gods against Chris Paul and all of us as fans, too. Yeah, here's here's what I hope. I hope that this is, you know, they held him out saying, all right, where they, they had a chance. They had a chance. Um, LA closed really, really strong. But when Crowder had that, that four point play, like they, they were right there and campaign was doing a great job in this game. Like he really could have, he almost swung this game even without Chris Paul. So my hope here is that Phoenix was like, let's see if we can get through it. Let's not ruin Chris Paul. Let's see if we can get him an extra couple of days rest. And, and hopefully be closer to full strength for the games in L.A. Because all you got to do is steal one in L.A. to get that home court back. That's what I'm hoping. Because this game, this series, deserves everybody to be healthy. And in this Suns team, with everybody, including us, including me for sure, say, you know, selling them short, they deserve Chris Paul at his best to come in there and show that they are what this regular season showed that they were. And it's just like unfair to Chris Paul after all of this stuff to get to this point against the Lakers and all of this to not be 100%. No, and look, they were competitive in this. This wasn't a blowout for the Lakers despite Chris Paul being limited and not playing late in the fourth quarter in this one. The Suns actually took a lead halfway through the fourth quarter uh, on top of, you know, on kind of the back of Jay Crowder and Cameron Payne hitting some big shots there. But the Lakers did counter too incredibly well, finally kind of going to what we wanted to see from the whole time, and that's 80 at the five. They went with Anthony Davis at center to really close this game out down the stretch, and it really worked. It was three guards, AD and LeBron James, and it worked wonders to kind of close this game out. But AD had a really interesting game, I thought. If you look at the box score, you're going to be like, oh, this dude dominated, right? 34 points, right. 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks, just one turnover. But I, it, it feels weird because he went to the line 21 times. <laughs> and 18 of his 34 points were free throws. He was seven of 15 and at times had stretches where he looked like kind of that ghost of himself in game one, right? That kind of skittish guy who was just only going to shoot jumpers and was scared to attack and do the things that makes Anthony Davis so freaking good. 
And then he had moments down the stretch where he got aggressive. They fouled him and he went to the line and he closed it out that way. So I look at this game and the, the numbers are like, oh man, this dude was a beast. And then I just, from watching him, don't feel that way. Am I wrong in thinking this? No. Look, how many of those minutes when he looked timid were with Andre Drummond on the floor? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's like, and Andre Drummond has, like, he has a, a stat line that you say, wow, 15, 15 points, 12 rebounds. He had some moments there where he looked like, okay, all right, I see it. But, you know, Anthony Davis has to play the five. I mean, I'm not the only person. Like, everybody says this. It's like, turn on an NBA podcast, have them talk about the Lakers, have the hosts say, Anthony Davis needs to play at the five. And, and maybe having Andre Drummond out there for a certain amount of time saves Davis from the banging against DeAndre Ayton. Okay, that's that's fair. I get that. But it's very clear that when Davis has to play the four and Drummond is occupying space, that Davis is just going to be passive and he's going to shoot and he's going to play like the, you know, what what you said. When Drummond comes off the floor, Davis starts to attack because he can he can find that space and and it's his spot that that's where he's had his best. It's, it's kind of wild for the Lakers because you know it, they know it, everybody knows it, but they're kind of stuck. They're just, this is, this is how it is. And you're just going to have to deal with it. And, and hopefully when the playoffs, if the, if the Lakers advance, then depending on the next matchup, maybe you go to Anthony Davis and, and it, it having him play the five makes more sense. Uh, again, depending on who they face, but that, I, that, that's what it boils down to, to me. No, no, I'm with you. And look, that's how they closed this game out and won this game. Even when they were down, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, LeBron James, by the way, 23 points, nine assists, including going four of nine from three, including that dagger with about 45 seconds left to go. Dennis Schroeder's filling it up to 24 points. And then for the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, 11 of 13 from the field, 22 points, not quite the dominant performance. The other night, the Lakers did do a good job of containing him in the pick and roll and recovering back to him. But this was a fun one, and hopefully in game three, we get another thriller and hopefully a healthy Chris Paul. That's going to be um, coming up here, I think, tomorrow night on Thursday on the 27th. So that should be a whole lot of fun. But there were two other games that we got to get to, including the Los Angeles Clippers and whatever the heck is happening to them. Certainly not a good thing. We'll get to that coming up here next on Locked On NBA. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports. Sports fans, the app is free to download. And once you're in, you're in. You can talk with me. You can talk to John, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I host rooms for Locked On Pelicans talking all things Zion Wednesdays at 6 p.m. John, when are you on there? I generally go on Fridays. I like to go at the end of the week, wrap it up. Give It's almost like an extra podcast for me. No, I love it. Look, and it's interactive, and that's what makes this so different. Instead of us talking to Best you, part. you get to talk with us. I ask a question of everyone I bring up on stage. It's a whole lot of fun. And Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. And you're going to find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to all the biggest news and rumors. There's going to be a lot of that flying as we hit the NBA offseason. So, again, join me. It's actually today. It's 6 p.m. Central. Join John on Fridays to 
talk all things Celtics. You can do that by downloading the free locker room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group. You can follow me. It's at Nola Jake. John, what's your name? Uh, at John Corrales. There we go. That was super easy. Very simple. You know, I... Yeah, there you go. Pretty, pretty simple. You can follow us. It's a lot of fun. I love talking with everyone there. So I can't wait to hear you. Make sure you download the Locker Room app. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. So the other LA team played, and I think we're going to have to start referring to them as the other LA team because they are now 0-2 in their series with the Dallas Mavericks beating the Los Angeles Clippers 127-121. The... Mavs in this one led by as many as 14. I don't know if the final score was quite as indicative of how close it was, but the Mavs stuck it to the Clippers here. This is a repeat of last year, basically, right? In the playoffs, just around earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, what can you say about the Clippers at this point? What can it's you not, say about Nothing them? good. <laughs> no, because like this, this was what they wanted this was they what tanked they for wanted. this <laughs> they, they deliberately lost two games to the rockets and thunder to end up here oh and two and and that's what makes this whole thing extra juicy and and for me personally like i'm i hate the tanking stuff i hate trying to maneuver i understand it all but th- this is kind of like a well this is what you get type of scenario like you you purposely went down and I get why I get it but you have to know that when you do that the other side is going to be like oh really oh really all right well then let's let's dance over there um it was it was the third quarter for Dallas that really ripped this thing open and and like what can you say about Luka Doncic who was just amazing and like Tim Hardaway Jr. had a a, a monster three-pointer at the end of this game And I don't know, man, like it's like the Lakers. I mean, I'm sorry, the Clippers have spent the past two seasons thinking like we're going to we're going to coast right up to the point and we'll turn it on and that's going to be good enough. And they did it in this game and they've done it during the regular season. They've done it in the playoffs and it's never quite good enough. They almost pulled this out. Dallas looked like they were about to soil themselves. The Clippers just turned it on way too late and they, they, they never get away with this and it never seems like they learned their lesson. Yeah. There's a couple of takeaways I think from this one, other than that this game is dripping in schadenfreude here with the Los Angeles Clippers and all of that. You know, I said the final score was kind of closer than it, than it, it maybe was the Dallas Mavericks really struggled from the free throw line in this one, just 13 of 24. So under 55% where they really would have just run away from this one if they had actually hit their shots and really made it that simple. And you mentioned Luka Doncic, who was, Awesome in this one, right? We know this is what he's capable of doing. 39 points from him, seven assists, seven rebounds, seven turnovers too, but we don't need to talk about that part of things. <laughs> he was two of two of seven from the free throw line, five of 13 from deep, but he was awesome and hit some big shots. And when you look at his highlights in this one, you're going to see so much of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in them. They tried every different look at Luca and didn't have an answer whatsoever. The Clippers defense in this was 
garbage, just just flat out <laughs> garbage. Late in the game, when you just have to get a stop, and you've got playoff P, you've got Kawhi Leonard, and you couldn't. They got killed on a couple of backdoor cuts, including one by Kristaps Porzingis. It's not like you can miss that dude out there on the court who just cut baseline, got the ball, and slammed it with no one around him. You said like, what, what are they doing? And that's the question, right? Like everyone should be asking today, what, like, what the hell are the Clippers doing? You saw their body language be terrible on the bench. Um, Rondo was getting into it with some people too in this one. I don't know, man. Like they are, it's, it's a mess. And Kawhi Leonard had 41 freaking points. And we're not even going to talk about that because his, the rest of his team was such garbage. Like no one else stepped up in this one, really. Yeah, I, I just wonder if Doc Rivers just sitting back at, at his house in Philly, just kind of like oh, rocking he's be back laughing. In his chair, like, <laughs> yes, it was my fault. <laughs> you know, look, you have you have a team here that no matter what they've done, like you, you feel like they they put Kawhi and they put Paul George together, and you think, all right, we got this, we we figured things out, and then. Um, you know, they, they trade away Lou Williams and, and then the narrative comes out. It's like, well, Lou was part of the old guard and now it's strictly Kawhi and, and PG's team. And now, now we've got it figured out. Or like you got rid of Doc Rivers and like, okay, they, you know, now we've got it figured. It's always like, okay, now we got it. No, we need a point guard. Let's get Rondo playoff P or I'm sorry, playoff Rondo. And, and like, oh, now that's going to be what's, what's figured it out. And it all makes sense in some regard, like you kind of justify those things. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. I, I can feel that. But what it boils down to is this combination of Kawhi and Paul George is ineffective when it matters the most for various reasons. Maybe it's Paul George, you know, getting a little tight. Maybe it's the injury the side of the backboard, <laughs> right? It's, you know, and look, both Kawhi and Paul George have been dealing with injuries. They've both had foot injuries. That certainly limits them. So you've got bad luck. You've got, you know, bad karma. You've got bad play. You've got all of these little combinations here. And, and the worst part for the Clippers is nowhere to go. You got nowhere to go. This is your team. You got no, you got no money to spend. You got no players to trade. This is your team. So if you're not going to figure it out now, you're never going to figure it out because Rondo was like the last tinkering move. And they, if they don't have a come to Jesus in the locker room and say, look, we gotta, we gotta get together here and, and make this work or, you know, we're screwed. Then that that's, what's going to end up happening. They're, they're just going to be screwed. And then what happens with Kawhi? Does Kawhi leave? They just locked up uh, Paul George. If Kawhi goes, then Basically, a lot of big got, questions. Then you got Paul George basically back on his Indiana Pacers teams. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a really good point. Like, there's a lot of questions around this team, and look, they're down zero and two, and this was this was a must win game for them. This was an absolute must win game, and they didn't play for the first three quarters, and just kind of well, they kind of did for the first two. It was close these at half. I'll give them that. Games. These were home yeah. games. You had to win these, and they just couldn't do it. And Everyone looked out of sorts. Like you look at this series right now and look, there's time they could turn it around. They're good enough, but they should have come out and completely smacked this Dallas Mavericks team. They could not do that. They did not do that. There's, there's no other way to look at it right now than this is like just a dumpster fire for the Clippers. And so 
I, I don't know. I don't know where they go if they can't, it, you know, if they get bounced out here. But this just kind of blows the doors open on this franchise and this team. And Steve Ballmer's certainly not going to be happy. What happens if? Because I'm, I'm not going to put it out of the question for the Clippers to come back. Like the Dallas Mavericks have their their issues, and it, and, and, who, and who knows what's going to happen the rest of the series. I, I'm certainly not going to say they're absolutely done. But what happens to the Clippers if they lose this series? <laughs> nothing good like nothing good i don't know but that's where you do absolutely have to wonder about Kawhi leonard leaving right like 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 that's the that'll be the question of the offseason that's that's the next step of this like that's the evolution right now i don't really care about how they turn it around for game three i'm already on the does maybe Kawhi want to go back to toronto and have like a real (laughs) great homecoming because that sounds like a great story right now but that's where we are that's how bad they looked over these first two games they couldn't do anything right you threw paul george and Kawhi leonard at luca and he still scored 39 and did all of his luca things again they could come back and win this. It won't inspire a lot of confidence for them in later rounds, but man, I don't know. They look they looked bad, and they deserve kind of all of the jokes that are going to be on Twitter about this one. We also had another team that's going to be uh, probably on oh, the end of a bunch of jokes in the final game we're going to talk about tonight, uh, today and last night, and that is the Brooklyn Nets beating the socks off of the Boston Celtics. That's coming up here next on the Locked On NBA podcast. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action over at BetOnline.ag. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for every sport, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into to the game as we've got the NBA playoffs underway. And by the way, betonline.ag, one of the few places where you can get odds on the WNBA whose season is now going on. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. It's free money right there. And all you did was sign up and deposit money to go win more money with over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, you know what you can do with the winnings from your bets at BetOnline? Go to BuiltBar.com and get a Built Bar, a box of Built Bars that uh, you can get 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. They've got a ton of great flavors, and including some special flavors. Like right now, the special flavor, hello, birthday cake with sprinkles. It's delicious. Delicious. You it's have like no idea that thing's healthy cake. for you. How about having a slice of birthday cake that's only 140 calories and gives you 17 grams of protein and just six grams of sugar? What? And if you go to builtbar.com, in addition to the usual flavors that they have, like salted caramel and mint brownie and coconut almond and all of those great ones, there are these special edition ones that they'll drop from time to time. So make sure you check them out. You have all of the nutrition facts right there for you. So like cookies and cream, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar for a thing called cookies and cream. How is that even possible? I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing. You can go and get the mixed box and figure out which flavors that you want to try. Then you go back, use the promo code LOCKED15. You use it every time at BuiltBar.com. Just keep on using it. You'll get 15% off. Uh, If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. They've got them without nuts. Are you on the keto diet? These work. So check them out. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. 
the best tasting protein bar on the market. All right, final game to talk about on the night. The Brooklyn Nets 130 over the Boston Celtics 108. The Nets are just not fair. John, you covered it. What it's happened? Right. Yeah, uh, Joe Harris happened. The, the Celtics actually started out this game fairly well. This was like a back and forth game. And for if, if you turned it on and you watched for five minutes and then turned away, you would have come back five minutes later just shocked at what you saw because the first five <laughs> minutes of the game, you were like, okay, it felt like it was going to be like one of those 145 to 140 slugfests. And we're just going to wait for which team is going to make that defensive stand. Then all of a sudden, the Celtics started missing a couple of shots and Brooklyn just pushes the tempo, man. Every little mistake that Boston made was a missed shot, whether it was a turnover, whether it was a missed rotation, or somebody wasn't back in transition. It They just ran, and Joe Harris was the beneficiary. And he just three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. And before you knew it, it was a 15-point game. And then before you knew it, it was almost 30 at the half. It, it, the Celtics just got decimated. And, and the thing about the Celtics this year is they'll, they'll do this. Like in their worst games, they'll come out and they'll start well. But at any hint of adversity, they just fall apart. I compare them to when adversity strikes to the, the bad guys in kung fu movies. Like there's, <laughs> there's one guy fighting and he's fighting 30 guys. And you wonder like, well, why don't they all just jump on him? Why don't you work as a team and jump on them and be okay? The Celtics just want to go individual, ISO, one at a time. So the good guy just keeps kicking their ass. And that's what the Celtics are when they get punched in the mouth. They're, they're the bad guys in Kung Fu movies that just keep trying to individual stuff and keep getting their asses kicked. And it happened in this one. The Celtics just kept ISOing. And then the worst part is that they lost Jason Tatum. He got poked in the eye. Yep. And we don't know what his status is going to be for game three. Luckily, the Celtics have a couple of days off and game three is not until Friday. Do you think they're just cooked in this or do you think they have like the fight in them to bounce back? So there, there might be a game in Boston that they can steal uh, the home crowd. The, the Celtics do respond well to the home crowd. Now the first game is going to be at 25% capacity. There's only going to be like 5,000 people in there, but it sounds pretty loud in the garden with even the 5,000 people. I've been there for, for those games. I was there for the, the play-in game against Washington with that 5,000 people. And it sounded pretty good. But game four is going to be almost full capacity. So you're looking at 17, 18,000 people in there. That could be the one. But look, Brooklyn is just too damn good. And without Jalen Brown, and, and almost more importantly, without Robert Williams being 100%, because Robert Williams is the most unique player in this series. And he allows the Celtics to do so much as far as cutting and moving. And, and he brings energy and, and it's just really nothing that Brooklyn can do with Robert Williams. So while he's like not even one of your top offensive options, he can do so many things that it, it really is a shame that he's not healthy because it, it would have changed at least the tenor of these games. Maybe they would have stolen game one if he was even healthier. He already had those nine blocks. Maybe maybe they would have made this game a lot closer and they, they wouldn't have given up the types of runs that they gave up in this game. But I think really Boston is definitely cooked. They, they might win one if for some reason they get things together. 
I could be generous and give them two, but that, that's that's a reach at this point. You know, it, look, th- that's kind of my feeling from watching this one, and and I turned it off a little bit early, know, knowing you'd be here to fill me in on anything. And <laughs> like, frankly, it it, it was okay. Thirty point it, Eastern Conference first round game. Seems like we can probably call this series, I think, safely right now. For the Brooklyn Nets, by the way, 26 points for Kevin Durant, 25 for Joe Harris, including seven made threes, and Blake Griffin with three dunks in this one. (laughs) The Blake Griffin dunks, I wrote a piece, it's on Boston Sports Journal, which is uh, unlocked and free for everybody to read. So basically... You watch Blake Griffin, and look, Blake Griffin is is not a difference maker in this series. But he had two and one dunks that in the third quarter where the Celtics were starting to think about maybe sort of coming back, like it's you they cut it to 18, like not really coming back, but, you know, hey, make a run, never know. Uh, he had two dunks and one, and you're like, you know what? This dude just quit on Detroit. Like those, he had no dunks since 2019. And <laughs> then he gets to Brooklyn, has 18 regular season dunks and three dunks in this game, two of them on people, like poster dunks, like not the old school poster dunks, but still through contact. And if I'm Detroit, like I'm pissed. And, and look, just from the opposing fan base, you're just like, you know, you, you look at him quitting in Detroit and it dredges up the memories of like, and oh yeah, you know, James Harden quit in, in Houston, like in a bad way. Like burn, it, burn some bridges to get his, get out of there quickly too. Not just quit, yeah. but like forced his way like, out really like, you know, bad. And, and we'd all sort of kind of gotten past that and forgotten it. And then you see Blake dunking all over everybody again. You're like, huh? Well, he quit. And oh yeah. James Harden quit and Celtics fans will be like, Oh yeah. Kyrie, by the way, quit when he was at the end of this time. Celtics. You know, he's a free agent. Okay, fine. Free agents can do what they want to do. I'm not taking away from player empowerment. Player empowerment is a very important thing. But when, when James Harden, especially, and when Blake Griffin, especially are through their two different methods of absolutely quitting one, forcing him a superstar, forcing himself, to a trade to his preferred destination and building this mega super team. And another one, a guy who's got more usefulness than, than anybody saw when he was at the end of it. Like when he was at the end of his road in Detroit, everybody was like, who cares where he signs? He sucks now. No, he actually has like a little bit left and we're seeing it now. And for, for the, the nets to even get him on a buyout again, not a difference maker, not like in, and in some ways he was even a liability, but like in some, in some scenarios, he's going to do things like he did in the third quarter where he, pardon the pun, slams, slams the door on a team. And you're like, Detroit is paying him to do this right now for Brooklyn. <laughs> and like my, my entire point of all of this is it's so unfair to the fans to have that feeling of like, well, these guys quit and they went to the team they wanted to, and this team's going to win. Brooklyn did what they had to do. Brooklyn put this team together. They did what any other team would do. If the Celtics had done this exact same thing, Celtics fans would be thrilled with it. And I I don't blame anybody. I don't blame the Brooklyn Nets. I don't even blame these guys 
for doing what they did because it it's, it's the system allows it you know like what, what's he what's he gonna do of course he's gonna go chase a ring especially when right. another team's paying him and uh by the way, looking like he he might get that with the Nets and, and how they are right now. Kane Pittman, host of Locked on Bucks, said in our group chat, doesn't count when you lose to the Nets because they are just a cheat code and that good. <laughs> but unfortunately, in the playoff series for the Celtics, it does. Um, three more games tonight. Quickly, should be a lot of fun. Wizards, 76ers, Hawks, Knicks. You've got Julius Randle's most improved player. And then the Jazz trying to even the series against the Memphis Grizzlies. Playoffs are really, really fun. We missed all of this. It's great to be able to watch it all. So that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. Thank you all very much for listening. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. And I host the Locked on Celtics podcast. We cover the NBA here, but we've also got a podcast, the Locked On Today podcast that covers all of the sports news you need in less time. You can follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week.